Yeah, we're back. Sorry for the technical difficulties. Hopefully we uh, we get this one going the second go around. If you're just joining us now, well, hopefully we can delete or remove that other stream so you won't get confused. Yeah, this looks better. Okay, we, we're looking a lot better now. Uh, quickly, I'm Dave Lochran. With me, Matt Kajewski, uh, Alex Brown, AB, uh, at Alex Brown 96, at Mac underscore Gajeski, myself at Lafayette underscore D on the Twitters, talking Patriots and Bills. I'm going to dive right into this because we got some time constraints coming up. NBA Lodge strategy show at 10 Eastern. So we got about 40 minutes to make this happen. Let's dive straight into this, fellas. Uh, we, we, we were actually talking about the, the Bills run, or I'm sorry, the Patriots run game, Matt, and Ramadre Stevenson and Damian Harris, two guys that have been very solid. This run game has been super efficient. They're looking to lean on the run and the defense while Mac Jones, you know, plays a solid yet minimal role if possible in the offense. Do you think we could see more of that today uh, right now with New England coming into Buffalo, three-point dogs, lots of wind, cold weather, but I'm not sure how much that impacts them. Yeah, I think they'll try to run. That's been the script that they've been able to win these games with. But like we were saying before, they have not played a good slate of competition in this five-game win streak. You kick it off with the Chargers, and then they just beat up on Carolina, Cleveland, Atlanta, and Tennessee. And a lot of those teams are depleted, particularly Tennessee. So they haven't really been tested in the last four weeks. And now, as underdogs, Buffalo certainly projected to give them a test. And you might have to see Mac Jones play from behind in this game. And he's been really efficient when he's been pressed a little bit in these games. It just hasn't happened a lot of late. For DFS purposes, with Harris and Ramondre both splitting the work so evenly, it's really hard to play either at their prices. Not to mention, Brandon Bolden is going to come in for some of the pass game work. So it's not even a true two-way committee. So that, that's tough for me to get to with low-risk formats. But you always have upside with one of these runners if they're the guy that punches in two three scores, there is tournament winning appeal. But right now, they're kind of on the outside looking in for me. Okay. Are you on the same boat, A.B.? Are you going to be looking to get to some running backs here for the Patriots? No, nah, that's – I mean, that's been tough ever since, what, Corey Dillon, I think, for New England. Just <laughs> hard to really pinpoint who's going to be that guy, right? So, uh, I think it's the same uh, tonight. You, you can get lucky. I mean, if you want to try to get one – um, maybe it's Harris, maybe it's someone else that actually gets those touchdowns, but I don't really want to take that chance. So I'll be probably steering away from them just because I, I just don't know. I think I'm a little bit more interested than you guys are just because Ramadre Stevenson is really not expensive on a slate where like, let's just assume that, do you know, Josh Allen leads the league in interceptions over the last, over the last month. Pretty crazy. There's a good secondary for New England. Josh Allen's still a, a great fantasy quarterback, uh, and sometimes those interceptions can help you if, if you're forced to throw even more. But I, I think you could see some good situations, some good setups for New England today. The defense has played remarkably well, and I still think they look to lean on the ground. So if I'm looking at, at the pricing here, and we assume that Stevenson and Harris are still likely to get pretty similar opportunities, I mean, you look at last last game, they played almost the same amount of snaps. And, and Matt, as you pointed out, yeah, Brandon Bolden got some opportunities as well and probably is the pass catching back. But if Stevenson comes into this game and, and gives you, you know, 11 or 12 touches, <clears throat> sorry, running behind a good offensive line, 
or potentially even more touches than that. I don't think it's the craziest idea, but yeah, it's tough to try and figure out which one of these guys is going to get the job done. The question though, Matt, is when you look at the rest of this team, you know, you've got Mac Jones, you've got Jacoby Myers, who you know has a pretty solid 24% target share. Kendrick Bourne has been getting a lot of opportunities, had a couple of big games mixed in there as well, but it's not like they're, it's not like they're super discounted. Kendrick Bourne's $8,600 on DraftKings. So when you're looking at this team, you got that and then Hunter Henry and Janu Smith is healthy now. How do you prioritize the passing game for this team if you're going to do it? You're 100% right about Bourne. I think the increase is just coming off a really good game last time out. He caught that touchdown that was pretty impressive. But over the year, Jacoby Myers has been, I guess you could call him their alpha receiver. He has a problem scoring touchdowns, and this could be a lot of noise, but it's a pretty big sample at this point where he doesn't have a great red zone role. And it's for whatever reason, he's just not converting them. But he's actually our number one player in terms of leverage on this slate. So it does appear that he's fairly underpriced. Nelson Aguilar is our number two in terms of leverage on this slate. So you're just getting a lot of opportunity with these guys. And I think it's largely because of game script. If you just play the game out according to the spread with Buffalo as a three-point favorite, New England should be having to throw a little bit more. So you are getting a very cheap Nelson Aguilar who allows you to get some studs. You have a cheaper alpha receiver in Jacoby Myers. And both of these guys, really high leverage scores. Not to mention Mac Jones is right there too, two and a half percent leverage on him. So you, you can stack up this New England pass game according to our projections right now and have a pretty good opportunity as far as leverage goes. Where's the running backs? They're negative. Damian Harris has our number one negative leverage score on the entire slate. How much does somebody like Tredavious White being out uh, affect how you look at the passing game for New England today, AB? I mean, he's a, he's a top corner in the league. So I mean, when somebody like that's out uh, trying to adjust uh, defensively, I mean, it's, you don't replace a guy like that. So you have to adjust your whole defense to kind of mitigate that, that loss. So it's going to change a lot for Buffalo. Um, they can't do a lot of the things that they would normally do. But fortunately for them, there's no big-time receiver, honestly, on the other side that they have to account for. So it's just it's more it's more or less a scheme that they have to account for and just communication on the back end. If they do that, then they'll be in position and they don't have to really like worry about, let's say, a Julio Jones or somebody like that out there, you know? Yeah. So who benefits most from a matchup like this among these pass catches? I mean, from a former player like yourself, do you see anything that stands out with the way that New England looks to play? I, I like Bourne. I, I really do. I like Bourne. Um, uh, Jacoby, I mean, just you can the shorter routes, the guys that are in the slot, these guys are, are the ones that they're going to try to get the ball out. They're not going to have Matt Jones sit in there in the pocket and try to stretch the field on these guys unless they fall behind. If they fall behind and that's the game script you're kind of going with when you're building your lineup, then okay, now you can see them kind of stretching the field a little bit more. But a lot of short routes, a lot of quick, um, quick routes, that's what I think is going to happen. Uh, in this game, but if they fall behind, then all bets are off. I mean, they, they'll have to push the ball down the field. Then. Is there any, is there any uh, merit to, to playing Buffalo's defense at all? AB? If it, like, let's say the Patriots do fall behind mm-hmm. and they can't attack with the same game plan that is real or the same formula that has worked for them. Would you say the bills defense could be in play or are you staying away from both D? Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I think so. I, I think they could be in play because, honestly, I don't know if 
I don't know if Mac Jones is that good. Like, I, I know we got all the comparisons. I mean, they're 8-4. Their defense is really, really good, okay? Now, outside of last week, what they allowed the Titans to do um, as far as rushing the football, um, outside of that, they've been playing solid football uh, pretty much all year. So, and then it's a really good game script. When they're against a team like this, Buffalo, if they fall behind, I'm not so sure that Mac Jones can bring them back. And I think that's when you fall into a situation where you get that pick six or you get that strip fumble uh, in the backfield. So I'm not opposed to playing the defense. I kind of like um, Buffalo's defense here. And not many people are going to be on them, I don't think. Yeah, Matt, that's kind of the thing, right? Like, How do you – the NFL has been wild this year. With, with games that were projecting to go a certain way, they just – they go sideways, right? But – I do think there are a few ways to look at this. The The Bills score some points early. We know what the Patriots have to do in response. I think we could agree on that to some extent. Uh, or it's just a, a slowed down game back and forth uh, with many punts and, and few points and a lot of ground game for New England while Josh Allen, you know, throws three straight times on first, second, and third down. So I, I, I think these teams are at least relatively predictable, don't you think, a little bit? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You're dealing with two of the better tacticians in the NFL. Obviously, Bill Belichick's been doing this for years. So I'm kind of interested to get A.B.'s take on this. But from a defensive perspective, these are kind of run-funnel defenses by choice. Both of these teams prioritize defending the pass. For New England, obviously, that clash is clearly with what Buffalo wants to do. They're just going to try to throw either way. So Buffalo is really throwing into the teeth of the New England defense. Whereas I think New England is a little more variable with their offensive approach. They will take some of this run game, whatever's available to them. It's just a matter of that if this plays to the spread and they get from behind, they might not have the advantage of, they might not be able to take advantage of that, that particular weakness for Buffalo's defense. So it's a really tough one to predict. I see this going towards the over, but it's a very volatile game. Go ahead, AB. What, 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 which of his opinions were you trying to get on this? Just with, so both of these teams, especially on defense, they'll give you the run to an extent to prioritize defending the pass. So where, which of these teams wins out in that kind of game environment, I think is going to be key to this DFS slate. Yeah, the, the team that can execute running the football. If Buffalo, like, if you're, if you're Buffalo and you're coming in this game, I mean, the only game I'm watching against uh, New England is the Titans game. That's the game I'm watching. I mean, that game was close at halftime. And the Titans just couldn't score in the second half. That's what made that game look so lopsided. But they ran the football down the throat. They had two uh, running backs go over 100 yards. So I know Buffalo don't like to run, but they like to win. So they better, if they want to win the game, they're going to run the ball. Uh, they're going to have to try to run the ball and make them respect the run and start creating them, putting them in a situation where they have to put run tight or run stopping defenses on the field, then you'll be able to throw the ball. So that's that's what Buffalo needs to do. And if they're trying to win this game, which I think they are, uh, but they have a quarterback too. So when the Titans did it, it was just they had no skill players, then Tannehill's not gonna run. Now you got a quarterback that can run. I think it I think it's gonna be very effective uh tonight with uh, against New England's uh, defense. Will the Bills do that though? Like, will they? Will they finally make that adjustment? It's New England, man. It's New England. They're they're doing whatever they can to win this game because this game, right? I mean, if you look at it, 
right now, I think currently, New England is sitting in the number one seed. I know. This year, this year there's only one, one team that gets a bye. This, this game right here goes so far in deciding who gets that bye. So if, you, if you're in a tie, you want to have that, um, that tiebreaker. So they're going to do whatever it takes to win this game. That's a great point. And not just the bye, but home field advantage. Because yes. right now, Buffalo's in the wild card spot behind the, the Patriots. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's a great point. And it's not just if, – if they – you're trying to win this division for sure instead of playing every single game on the road. There's no doubt about that. And try and get that bye. They're one game back. I don't believe these teams have faced each other yet this year, right? So they still have two games against each other. I think so. Tonight in another game. So yeah, they but they yeah. haven't faced each other yet, right? No, I, don't, I don't believe so. Okay. Uh, let me look now. Um, While you no, look that they, up, hit that yeah. thumbs up. YouTube uh, overlord, you guys called it. YouTube overlords tried to stop us last time out, but here we are, baby. We're back every time. They can't slow us down. We got to feed that algorithm. So if you haven't done so, or you did so on the previous stream, uh, much obliged for those of you who have done so twice. I know it's a heavy, heavy lift and a, and a big ask, but for those of you that have done it, appreciate you. And subscribe to the channel as well. We're cruising towards 70,000 subs. And if you want, hit that join now button down below. Get the emojis, the custom badges, the shout outs, the free super chats, and of course, priority questions whenever they come along. All right, Matt. So I know I got sidetracked a little bit there, trying to make sure we can get to everything on the show since we had those issues on the first stream. But if, if you're looking at the tight ends for New England, it's really just not fun at all. And, and this was my thing. And we talked about this a few weeks ago. When Johnny Smith returns, it's no one's saying that he's going to be good or, or really exciting but he's definitely going to cut into Hunter Henry's workload. And he's probably going to cut into some of those opportunities in the red zone where Hunter Henry was, that's where his bread was buttered all of those weeks. It certainly wasn't in between the twenties. Yeah. It's, it's a 50, 50 timeshare and there's not really any discernible edges either way. They'll use Hunter Henry a little more in the slot, but that's pretty marginal. They're both on the field about 50% of the snaps. They're both seeing a relatively similar target share, similar a dots, at their prices, these guys are really hard to get to. For reference, like Hunter Henry is more expensive than some of these receivers that play a full-time workload. And to AB's point on like a guy in Nelson Aguilar, who is a burner, they, they don't use him a lot. They do prefer the underneath pass game, getting easy throws for Mac Jones. So I, I do agree with AB to that point where Nelson Aguilar, maybe he's on the field every single snap, but his workload's more volatile. With that said, you're still getting an every down player who's going to get a handful of targets at a cheaper price than these tight ends who are going to be on the field with an even more volatile workload because it's a 50% snapshot player. So it, it's tough for me to get to either of these guys. If I am, it is probably going to be Janu just because he's cheaper, like Hunter Henry at 5,200 on DraftKings. It's just a little bit expensive for a player who's just a part-time guy. I mean, look, if, if it's me... Yeah, I'm going to the guy that's in a timeshare and is literally half the price of the other guy in that very same timeshare. I, I think Hunter Henry's a better player, but, you know, they, they have very similar opportunities in the red zone, similar opportunities just as pass catchers in general. Uh, AB, do you have any lean towards one of these guys if you had to take a tight end from the Patriots? 
Shit, no. I mean, <laughs> nobody. Like, I, there, there isn't one guy on New England. I mean, maybe the quarterback. I mean, if they get in a shootout, maybe, I mean, you want Mac Jones, but there's not, there's not a skill position player that you're like, yeah, this guy right here is probably going to be a big part of the offense. No, it could be this guy or it could be that guy. It's just, it is crazy, but this is New England. This is, it has always been New England unless, I mean, when they had Randy Moss, you knew Moss was going to go off, right? Um, Gronk. But when they had Gronk, they had Hernandez. Like, there was always somebody else that could go off. And it's the same thing here. Like, you just, uh, I, I'm not touching any of those guys. Um, honestly, I mean, you, you want to have a little bit uh, sprinkled in there, but nah, John o. Smith, you got Hunter Henry, either one could be the guy. If I, if I sit up here and I say Hunter Henry's going to be the guy, trust me, John o. Smith is going to catch two touchdowns. AB, I know we talk about kickers often kind of in passing, but a lot of times they're, they're, they're in play for sure. Uh, but today, and, and I don't really concern myself with weather too much where you have two teams uh, that are good enough to, to move the ball. Plus, I, I expect this to be a low-scoring game anyway. The total was 80. I will point this out, though. This game, in some spots, opened at 48. It's down to 41. So that's, that's a steep drop-off. If it's one position that it could really affect, then, yeah, you'll – Yes, I get it. It affects passing as well. But when you're trying to kick a 50-yard field goal in, in these conditions, that might get tough. It also might lead to teams going for it on, you know, fourth and three instead of kicking that 48, 52-yard field goal. We see that quite often when you got gusty, blustery 20-mile-per-hour winds. Mm -hmm. No, I, I totally agree, and I'm not touching the kickers uh, tonight because I played in games where – Robbie Gold, who's one of the best kickers in, in league history, is trying to kick a field goal in 35-mile-hour wins. It's not even close. It's just, like, it is so difficult to do it. People say, well, throwing the football is the same. Well, that ball's not up in the air as high, um, and the wind's not affecting that ball as much as when you try to kick a field goal. Uh, it, it doesn't have to be a 50-yard field goal. Hell, the extra point, like, that that is going to be affected. So if we see touchdowns, we're going to see we're probably going to see some miss on extra points in this game, which is just going to throw the the whole game plan off as far as how this game is going to be played. You know, AB, a double defense is going to end up winning it tonight. It just yeah. is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Do you like the Patriots D? Um, Patriots D. No, I don't. I, I, I do think that Buffalo comes in and they try to run the football. I think what just recency bias, I mean, you look at what the Titans were able to do without any of their skilled position players coming into that game, New England had to know we beat this team if we stopped the run. That's all they have. And they couldn't do it. They ran for 200 plus on them. I've been on the field when a guy runs for 200 yards or a couple guys run for 200 yards. It ain't fun. It's who? not like your truck. Who, Adrian who, who, who? Adrian Peterson did it twice. Ricky Williams did it. And then Ron Rivera came in. We're playing uh, we're playing Indy in 2004. And he's like, yeah, Adrian James, he's lost his step. He's old. He's an old guy. Shit. 202 yards later, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't look too old to me. 
So, um, but yeah, I've been on the field, man. It's, it's not, it's disheartening as a defense when you consider yourself a pretty damn good defense. So yeah, that's a problem for them. Now, New England is going to go in and they're going to, I think they're going to really try to stop the run and make Buffalo one dimensional because Buffalo's coming in thinking, Hey, we might be able to run the ball. So we might see some throwing earlier than expected in this game um, from Buffalo. So no, I'm not touching up. Uh, the Pats uh defense though. Not touching them. The Bills. Yeah. The Bills. You, Matt? I, like them. I think both defenses are viable. Again, I'll just go back to the total. And I AB and I both thought it was going to go over, but at the end of the day, it's still a 41 point total with two teams that will pass the ball a little bit. And I again I think New England will pass more when they're pressed a little bit. But Buffalo in particular is going to be throwing the ball essentially right from the get-go. And both of these defenses are really good in terms of pass coverage. So you're working strength on strength. How, who wins out in this kind of game environment? Right now, Buffalo is number one in terms of coverage on pro football focus. New England's number two. These are two pretty good defenses. I'm not sure who's going to win out. I tend to side with AB in thinking that it goes over. The pass games are successful. If Buffalo does try to run, I think they can find success there, which always is going to point me towards the over. But I think mixing in the defenses is a good idea because of the overall total in the game being so low. So when it comes to Mac Jones, Matt, is this a guy you're willing to captain in a spot like this today? I, I, I know that the answer in large field tournaments is obviously yes, but just in terms of, of, of likelihood that he hits, what's his optimal captain probability? It's, it's 10% and his captain ownership is 9.1. So a little bit of leverage there. And I, I think it makes sense because he hasn't really been needed too much in recent weeks, but quarterbacks always have that kind of ceiling. With Mac Jones, I think it's a little bit worrisome, and I was really curious to see what the tools would tell us. So seeing him with the, the optimal captain percentage a little lower than I expected, I do think makes sense because he's not pushing the ball downfield to A.B.'s point. So if they score, like they're going to have to come on these little dink and dunk type plays, maybe a receiver breaks one. But with these little chunk yardage plays they run, you're more likely to get into the red zone, maybe get towards the goal and have one of these backs punch it in. So I like Mac Jones based on the leverage you're getting, but I still don't know if he's like on the same level as a Josh Allen or even like a Diggs in terms of captain. Are you willing to hit the overprop on Mac on passing yards? It's there weren't a ton of like standout values. Like you and I talked last week and we had Madison and the week before we had AJ Dillon. I do like the Mac Jones overprop in terms of yardage for all the reasons we mentioned. One, I think they're going to be pressed a little bit more. Two, Tredavious White being out is a huge loss to Buffalo's secondary. So we're talking about the number one secondary in the NFL with Tredavious White. They still haven't played without him. So what does that do to their secondary? And I think it is a significant step back. Right now, Mac Jones on sportsbooks is just projected for 200 passing yards, 200 and a half. We haven't projected for 219. So pretty solid ROI if you're betting this towards the over again, it's not quite the same value we had with like a Madison or a Dylan, but it is one of the better ones on the board tonight. Yeah. Look, 61% expected win rate, 13% expected ROI. We still have him uh, considerably proje or projected considerably higher than, than the actual prop line right now. And over on FanDuel, you could get that at minus 113 on the over. So it's not bad at all. Uh, Odd shopper has it at, yeah, has FanDuel is the best bet. You can just pull this up. If you just go to player props, you can find everything for today. We filter all of the best bets out for you. 
We give you the projections for free, industry-leading projections for that matter, uh, and all of that good stuff. So if you're betting or even using this stuff just for DFS research, take advantage of all of this. Uh, I know we've been having guys hit like like crazy lately using this tool. There, did you guys? I don't know if you guys saw this. We had first of all Sean Zahn, who works on these projections, clearly believes in them because. He did a $5,600 round robin bet the other day and cashed out $157,000. And then uh, we, had a, we had somebody else hit us up, uh, Chris Ellenson, two hours ago, put down $100 and, uh, and cashed $6,500. So, yeah, it's the easiest way to bet. Like, you don't have to put any work in. You're just like, okay, this is the best bet based on actual data and 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 uh, projections, I don't have to do anything. So that's why we use this for DFS, but obviously for betting as well. All right, let's talk about the other side of this game. AB, the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen specifically coming into this one. Like I said, last four weeks, dude leads the league in interceptions. I'm not too worried about that, but seven picks for Allen. Uh, definitely a step back for this offense until they face the, a Saints team that's just completely beleaguered at this point. What do we go with him, and how much are we captaining Allen? And if I make shoot, five, ten lineups, he's going to be in sixty percent of them. I mean, I think he's feel that way. Yeah, he's the guy. I mean, he. I, I think he's the guy. If you want to get, I think you get different somewhere else. Um, uh, but Josh Allen. I mean, if this if this game does turn into anything truly like a, a shootout or if it turns into a running type game, he's going to be the heartbeat of it. He'll be the centerpiece of um, Buffalo's offense. So that's just what he is. He does everything for them. He is just, a, he's more or less Lamar Jackson um, for Buffalo. He does everything for them. So I, I like him at the um, captain spot. I don't want to get different. I think he is that dude. So maybe get different somewhere else where you're getting Brita and as opposed to some of the other running backs, I'm not sure what, what his ownership is, but I, I'm, I like Josh Allen at that captain spot. For sure. I do. It, it's hard not to. And Anthony Marcus, you say you can't bet shit in Maryland. Familiarize yourself with these tools for when you can bet because it's going to open up. I mean, Matt, these, these states are got to start opening up unless it's New York that wants to tax them like 90% or something fucking crazy it'll come eventually they'll just get to that point where they realize they're missing out on too much i it's a slow process i live in wisconsin it is not legal here and just count the days down till it is you can bet in atlanta right maybe nope. mm -hmm. really I'm on like you can play FanDuel and all that but you can't like make a like i don't want to say the wrong place but <laughs> like points bet or something like that yeah you can't do that shit you can't nothing do that. in georgia okay just shows you how much growth there is coming for an like it's gonna open up. Happen. Gonna open a lot of money out there, man. A lot of money, yeah, a lot of money yeah. to be made. Matt Josh Allen, I, what's it? So his captain's uh, optimal captain probability is eighteen point seven percent. Top play probability is thirty six percent. Next closest player is sixteen, and that's Stefan Diggs. Both coming from the same team, both with that <clears throat> positive correlation as well. If you're playing them together. Yeah, he's the kind of player on a slate like tonight where you roster him, certainly at least in the flex, if not the captain. He's just not really a guy you can leave out because of how involved he is. And it's not just through the air, very adept as a runner. And when they get close to the goal line, they will use him as a pseudo goal line back, which hurts Brita, 
hurts the other backs, Moss and Singletary as well, depending on who's active. And then as a passer, there's just such an elite ceiling. We've seen it already this year, especially, and he's taken a little bit of a step back this year, but last year was just absolutely monstrous performances, but he's been over 300 yards four times this year. The turnovers are concerned, but for DFS purposes, they're actually not that bad. If Allen turns the ball over and New England scores, it's just going to put him in negative game script, and then he'll be right back to throwing the ball. With our tools, he's still coming in as a positive leverage guy, which means even though he's heavily owned, he's not quite owned enough, and he's not somebody you really want to leave out of your lineups. With all of his paths to success, it's really hard to see myself avoiding Josh Allen tonight. Austin Moore says, I don't trust Allen at captain tonight. Like, I get you. They haven't been playing particularly well, but you have to consider something. This guy, and the, the Jacksonville game was was an anomaly, in my opinion. I'm willing to throw that out. That game made no sense at all. You, you still have to consider the fact that if you don't trust Allen at captain, who else do you trust? Because if you don't trust Allen, it's hard to trust Mac Jones against a very good secondary in Buffalo, even without Tredavious White, right? If you don't trust Josh Allen at captain, it's not going to be particularly easy to trust Stefan Diggs either because Allen's the one throwing him the football. So there's really a ripple effect towards every there, there's there's a connection to all of this. If you don't trust Allen, I guess the question A B is who do you trust? Well, you'd have to it, it, you'd have to go to uh, I guess the OC. Maybe the offensive coordinator say, well, this is what they're going to do in this game. They're going to come out and they're going to run the football. Well, hell, we know that's not Buffalo. We know it's not them. Now, I think that that is a game script that could be had just looking at what the Titans did. But unless you're going to trust one of those running backs to be that bell cow, yeah, no, I don't I, I don't trust that. I trust Josh Allen more than any other player tonight, for sure. Like, it's not even, it's not even close, honestly, because I don't think Diggs will get everything. Um, last year, just look at the last year, last year's two games against, um, New England where Diggs went off, um, both games, it kind of went off, but one game, I think he had three touchdowns in a game. So another game, he didn't have any. So it's like those type of games. I mean, Diggs still gets his plays, but touchdowns go to Dawson touchdowns go to, um, Beasley. So, and in those cases, you need Josh Allen. Yeah, Dave Duremer says, and congrats on that. Another big win the other day, Dave, said the QB captain percentage to win is low. I'm guessing Allen's rushing increases his upside of captain compared to most. I mean, yeah, he's he's also, I don't want to say he's the goal line back, but he's going to get, Matt, a lot of opportunities at the goal line, and that just makes him that much more appealing when you think about where he can provide and, and really what his floor is, right? He has a very very high floor he does the equity for touchdowns is just so much higher with a guy like josh allen but mac jones for example one the big plays haven't really been there for him when they get in the red zone he's certainly not going to run they're going to use their backs so when you're looking at floor ceiling combos josh allen basically just blows everyone on the slate out of the water but to ab's point the other player i do have a lot of interest in is Diggs, and the reason why in these low scoring game environments we're expecting less touchdowns, less points overall, and just less production. So if Allen ends up only throwing two touchdowns, still is a great game, but they both go to Diggs. Like there's a pretty good chance that Diggs, or you could even play this scenario with Sanders, Beasley, whoever it may be, there's a good chance they'll outscore Josh Allen in a low scoring game environment. So taking some shots on these pass catchers in captain, 
Diggs being the one in particular I like a lot. He's the third highest leverage score on this slate, according to our projections. That's something I like doing in large field tournaments. This I'm not going to lie, man. I, I'm pretty intrigued by Captain and Cole Beasley. And I know he's not the most exciting captain. But let's just assume, and, and you have to play both sides of the coin here and look at it from all angles. If you assume that maybe weather does have an impact, Cole Beasley's the type of guy that can that can absolutely provide some value there. I think his price is more than reasonable at captain. Uh, if you're trying to be different here, we've seen Cole Beasley have big games. Uh, he has a, a slight positive leverage score as well. He's not getting much ownership of the captain spot whatsoever. So I'm going there. I'm also... Matt, I got to hammer the over on the Cole Beasley receiving prop. I, I think it's the best one of the day. Uh, our tools, our projections over at Odd Shopper think it's the best one of the day. 71% expected win rate, 33% expected ROI. We've got him projected almost 15 yards. No, almost 16 yards above where he's uh, at right now. 30 and a half yards is the prop. Best bet on FanDuel. I'm hitting that for sure. I agree with you. I, I think all the reasons you mentioned make him a safe bet too. He's going to be operating underneath when the game potentially gets out of hand, or maybe you're not pushing the ball as far downfield because of the weather. Bealy's the primary beneficiary. So I like that one a lot. AB, talk to me about these pass catchers for Buffalo. I, I like him. I, I like Beasley. Um, I, I don't think we've mentioned yet um, Judon, Matt Judon. Judon has like 11 and a half sacks on the season, okay? What does that do to a quarterback that's trying to throw the football? It speeds sure. that clock up a little bit, right? So they're going to be either getting the ball out a little quicker or I think it's going to actually uh, help in his rushing game because he's going to get out of the pocket and get into some of those running, uh, some of those run plays where he keeps the ball three or four more times than he normally would because you have a, um, a big-time pass rusher on the other side. So he's not just going to sit in the pocket. I like Beasley, short route guy. He's not the guy that's going to push the ball down the field. I think that hurts um, Diggs a little bit. So, because he is that guy, he can run short routes, but he's there down the field type of guy. So, but you don't have that much time. So I don't think they sit in the pocket and just uh, try to chunk the ball down the field. It will be those short passes. I think Dawson will um, benefit from that as well. So uh, I like it. I don't like him at captain, but um, I do like Beasley a little bit uh, more. Here's why I think Beasley's interesting at captain. The past few games, he hasn't been great. I get that. But this whole team's been volatile as far as pass catchers go. If Allen has a bad game, Beasley could still be that guy that gives you like 12 targets and catches 10 of them. So from a PPR standpoint, he racks it up, even if Allen only throws for 190 yards or something. So I do think there's a little bit of safety uh, in that in that PPR upside for Beasley, which is why I, I don't necessarily hate that. If you're Go ahead. What were you going to say? With, with Beasley, you're thinking the under, though, right? If, if this right here, if Beasley is in captain and he's going to be the captain or the best player of the game, you're oh yeah you're leaning towards the under. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. See, I'm 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 thinking it's going to be over. Okay. So I'm that's why I believe. Um, gotcha. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. Josh yeah, I mean, Allen is the guy. I think Beasley can still do it if if the overheads. I'm not I'm not saying that, but Ooh. I do think like a huge Beasley game could be the result of just bad conditions uh a lot of a lot of quick outs like you were talking about assuming the pass rush is getting to allen uh and, and giving him a lot of trouble so yeah 
What's up with Knox, Matt? He's playing a consistent role. He's on the field every single snap, runs a lot in the slot. I think it's just a matter of you've got Diggs, Beasley, Sanders, and Knox, and he's not Diggs. So there's going to be games where he's up. There's going to be games where he's down. The one thing you can say with Knox is he's played a pretty solid role in the red zone for this team. So maybe you could argue his touchdown equity is a little bit better than a guy like Beasley. But overall, in the context of this particular slate, I do think he is a little expensive compared to where you can get some of these other pass catchers for Buffalo. But ultimately, if you're trying to just take a look at who you could potentially look at as players to fill in with your Josh Allen stacks, maybe contrarian captains, because he's on the field and he has that touchdown equity, he's in play. He's also someone that uh, Allen's not afraid to target him downfield either. That's what's nice about a tight end like Dawson Knox. Uh, you know what else is nice? No house advantage. Meant to get to this earlier, but of course, we got delayed here. If you use the promo code AWESOME, you get $25 when you sign up and deposit at nohouseadvantage.com or the App Store or the Google Play Store, wherever it is. It is an awesome form of daily fantasy, different than anything else. You're building lineups based strictly on props. They have an insane array of props, the biggest out there, and you build lineups. It's very simple. There's no salary cap. There's no juice on the over or the under, nothing like that. You take the props that you like the most. You throw them up top. They get the most points, the ones you're most confident in, or they lose the most points. Uh, the ones you're least confident in go at the bottom of the lineup. So it's like DraftKings or FanDuel, but you don't have to worry about salary cap. And all of the research that you're already doing throughout the day, watching these shows, doing your own independent research, all of that 100% plays in the no-house advantage. But the best part, the odds don't move throughout the day. They're static. You can compare them to everything else. And we have the free no-house advantage uh, prop projection tool at Osmo every day of the week it's free the optimal lineup tool every day of the week it's free and of course the promo code Osmo to get you $25 and jump start your winnings over there at no house advantage so check that out use the promo code Osmo and start winning some money all right let's wrap this up with running backs and build a quick lineup and if uh, NBA strategy show coming up after this AB and then Matt what are you guys doing with the running backs for Buffalo I think I think Brita is a bit expensive for his role, especially that you're going to see a timeshare either way. But if you are targeting one, you can't deny how efficient he's been in recent weeks. I think Brita continues to see the work. Wow. It's crazy. It's disgusting, really. Uh, But here we are. I'm with you. I I agree. It's just crazy that Brita ends up being the guy over Zach Moss and Singletary, AB. I I love Brita. I I, I really do. I think he is. He's a guy that can do it all. Uh, the screen passes that they run, I think he can get receptions out of the backfield. Um, I think he is the home run hitter. I think a few years ago, maybe two years ago, he got up, like he took off for San Francisco and got up to like 22 miles an hour, 21 or something. Like he is fast as hell. So <laughs> the guy is a home run hitter. So he can take one and really uh, pay off that salary with one play. He's that type of guy. So I love Brita. Um the other guys, I think they just need too much, and they're just not going to get that type of work. They're going to get six, seven carries, and they're not going to do as much with it um, like I think Brito will. So I love Brito. Um, that's the only running back that I'll be playing. I mean, yeah, you could sprinkle on a little Singletary, but I think Brito can do everything Singletary can do, just not vice versa. Do you think, and, and we got to get out of here, but Matt, do you think uh, Zach Moss is going to be inactive again? Because he was inactive in week one and then played a ton in week two. I have no idea. I, I legit have no idea if he's going to be inactive or not. This has been kind of whimsical for this team. Legit don't know. 
I have no idea either at all. Uh, are we fading the kicker here? I don't yeah. think so. Low scoring environment. It sounds like AB is on the other side of this, though. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm not messing with a kicker with 20 mile hour winds out there and not doing it. Matt? The way, we'll see. I do agree with AB. If the weather is truly that bad at kickoff, I'm in full agreement with him. But low scoring game environments, I play a lot of kickers. But AB's right. The weather is a huge factor today. Okay, you guys are right. Breed is going to end up just having a huge game. It's going to happen. Yes. It's not fun, but it's going to happen. Although Devin Singletary, 15 carries last game. I'm not sleeping on him yet. He is very, very cheap. So I don't know. I mean, look at what, what's the ownership on Singletary. He pops in optimals. I ran him this morning. If everything, the slate started right this minute, he would be in the optimal. Yeah, I'm going to have some Devin Singletary. There's no doubt about it. He's got, he's got only a 3% top play probability, but you're not really playing him for that reason, right? You're playing uh, Devin Singletary to give you a decent game, be in the optimal uh, lineup in the utility I actually think Singletary is perfectly fine in a spot like this. As a matter of fact, the more I look at this price point uh, and the opportunities in a game last week where they weren't playing from behind, yeah, I like it. Let's build a lineup, fellas. And I'm going to kick this one off today. Uh, I'm going to go in the cap. Let's just go. Let's go Josh Allen. I want to see what this looks like. Josh Allen in the captain. Would you think I was going to go Singletary there or something? I'm going to go Beasley. Uh, I thought about Singletary because it would have been a really good segue, but I was like, I can't do that to you guys. So, uh, yeah, I think Josh Allen is let's, – let's go Josh Allen. What about you, A.B.? If Josh Allen has, has a big game, then I, I mean, it's easy to go to Diggs, but I'm going to go Dawson Knox. Knox, all right. Thought you were going to go Beasley. Make me happy. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Matt, what do you got? Yeah, so we're taking – a little bit of a contrarian approach getting Knox in there right away. I think on the other side, we can play a pretty inefficiently priced like Nelson Aguilar, assuming they throw the ball more. And he's going to be somebody that gets you to the other studs on the slate. All right. Who did you say? I'm sorry. Nelson Aguilar. All right. All right. So we got Josh Allen, Dawson Knox, Nelson Aguilar. I'm going, we got Josh. I'm going Singletary, man. I'm going to, I'm going to bank on Josh Allen rushing upside and uh, I'll go Singletary. If you guys want to go burrito there talking to the audience, that works too. Got some pass catching upside, but it's not like Singletary can't snag a ball or two here and there. So give me Singletary. We're playing large field tournaments. I'm going to be a little different here. All right, AB. Uh, shoot. We got, I think we have plenty of salary. And if I have yep. salary, I'm getting digs in there. So go put digs in there. All right, Matt, 9,600 remaining. What are you thinking? Well, we essentially just have pure onslaught. If the weather does become a factor, I think we should go with a guy like, man, I want to play Ramondre because we can't get Damian Harris. We're 200 away from him, but that would leave us like $5,000 on the table. We're just at a tough spot where do you want to play like four pass catchers from Buffalo or do you want to play a runner of some sort from New England? I would like to play Ramondre, but we're stuck with 4K on the table. It's not the craziest idea. No one has really insanely high top stack probabilities or, or even optimal spots, Matt. So I think if you're going to leave money on the table, this might not be the worst slate to do it when you have like a backfield split and you have bad weather, you know, and you don't exactly have the, the best quarterback in Mac Jones. I don't think it's crazy. 
So I think you could also play Ramondre and then go up from Aguilar to a New England pass catcher you feel better about. I played him to relieve salary, but we also, everybody played a guy to relieve salary, so we don't really need him. I like it. I like it. All right. Hey, follow a bit. Was that Mike? Was that, I, I didn't know what that was. Was that Mike or you? Okay. I thought so. <laughs> AB at Alex Brown 96. You're more of an Instagram guy though, aren't you? I am. I am. I, I'm on Twitter a little bit, but more of an Instagram. Yeah. Where, where what's your Instagram? I don't know. Uh, you don't even 96 know. Brown. 96 A Brown. That's there you it. Go. <laughs> and Matt at Matt underscore Gajeski G A G E W G A J. Sorry. A-E-W-S-K-I, me at Lafayette underscore D, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D for our podcast listeners. Thanks for hanging with us, getting through those troubles early in the show. Catch you back here tonight, live before lock. Once again, take you up to 8.15. Peace.